Hello and welcome to another episode of Ravenhill Roundup. After a brief break over the international period, we are back. Today it is me and Lewis. How are you, Lewis? Yeah, keeping well, Jimmy. Busy day in work, but uh, all going good. Super duper. So, today we're going to be going into Ulster versus Bray in the convincing win that happened on the weekend as well as talking about the other games, a wee bit of news and a look ahead to Ulster's next game. Remember, if you like the show, follow us on Instagram, Spotify, SoundCloud and Amazon Music. Also, give us a like and get involved. We're always on the Instagram. If you want to give us a question or potentially get on the show, Send us a message and um, we will get back to you. So, let's get into this week's episode. So, jumping right in. We had Ulster versus Zebrae this week. It ended 36-15 the Ulster. What did you think about the match, Lewis? Yeah, I think uh, the most important thing was the five points. A bonus point win. Um, obviously going to be tough after the international break to get back into things. Uh, there's going to be a bit of rust there. But it definitely wasn't a magnificent performance by any means. I thought Ulster were quite impressive at the start. They played some really nice, expansive, fast-paced rugby early on. Some really great passing. Uh, scored a couple of really, really good tries. But their discipline just let them down. Um, they, they give away some very, very silly penalties. Um, something that they're not going to get away with against Leinster next week. Probably only because of the opposition they were able to get away with that. Their mall worked well as usual. We're very used to saying that. Their line out, their set piece, everything seemed to go well. You'd just like to see them play a bit more expansive rugby and a bit more into the backs. I just feel like against a better team that has analysed Ulster, I mean every team knows that Ulster probably have the best mall in the league. So when teams are well prepared for that and good teams, Ulster will probably struggle a bit more in that area so I think Ulster need to have a, a bit more a bit a bit more ideas just to um, let them play a bit more expansive rugby because they've got the backs they've got the exciting backs that can that can break teams wide open so um, yeah great to get the five points Jimmy but a bit of a disappointing performance for me as you were saying probably the best mall uh, in the league currently and saying about the expansive, do you not think that it's a better idea potentially to focus on your key position and what you're doing really well in and just really driving it forward rather than trying to play a different style whenever this has got you this far? Well, it's probably a fair point, to be honest. Um, I, you know, I, th- I think it's clear that Ulster have the best mall in the league. Um, it's where they score all of their tries. It's one of the reasons that Ulster's hookers have the most try this, tries this season, which is quite rare, um, whether it be Rob Herring, John Andrew, or Tom Stewart. However, I just feel like they need to have sort of a backup plan, a plan B. I feel like if the mall isn't working against a big team, when you come up against a team like Leinster, or when we go to the European Cup, we'll be playing Sharks and La Rochelle, and when you come up against those teams, they're going to have analysed Ulster very well. They have the players to potentially stop the mall and find ways to get around it. So I feel like with the exciting backs that we have, you've got Balakun, you've got McCluskey, look how well Luke Marshall's played, Mike Laurie coming back at fullback. I just feel like 
we could sort of score tries a different way. Keep using the mole as a weapon because that's exactly what it has been since the new forwards coach Roddy Grant has come in and it's been absolutely amazing. It's won Ulster so many games. However, I'd just like to see them play a little bit more expansive rugby and get it out to the backs a bit better and um, give them a bit more space to run and cut teams open like they can do. Fair points made. Um, for me, Ulster, it, it was sort of just getting back in the, the swing of things. Really, after the break, you know, you've seen a few different faces in the lineup and uh, some getting only a couple of minutes that you would normally see and I think that that's an effect on the team and whenever you see, yes, it's not a lot of tries, it's not a lot of points, but whenever uh, you're conceding them, you can tell that something isn't right whenever it's the team and you're not scoring the same amount of tries as some other teams have been scoring against Sebrae. I think you sort of just put it down the the international break and you sort of you take the the five points and move on to Leinster next week. Yeah, no, I completely agree, Jimmy. Look, the five points was the most important thing. The guys are obviously going to be very rusty coming back from that international break. Like you say, a lot of players missing, even players who weren't on the international break. You had John Cooney and Billy Burns, the halfback pair. Neither of those two played, who are two very key men to Ulster. Alan O'Connor, who's captained us so often. A couple of injuries, and then obviously all the international boys away. So you could tell there was a bit of rust there, maybe a bit of a a lack of cohesiveness with the between the players but to be honest I thought they, they, they fought hard they, they had a couple of yellow cards as well which didn't help and um, yeah overall a good result for Ulster but did, did you think that you could see a bit of rust in the players when you were watching the match? Yeah definitely you know it wasn't that long ago that they were playing in Ireland and the ones that were on but at the same time whenever you go that couple of weeks without a game and you're just training for the other lads you're not you're still not match fit in a way um because you're not going full force you're not really trying and i think losing that bit of momentum basically it does affect you and sort of slows your game and doesn't let you put in a full performance that you would normally put in yeah, like, for me, I think the break probably came at a bad time for Ulster. You know, they've, they've only lost one game all season at the start against Leinster at home, which they'll obviously be looking to put right this week. But when you've got that sort of momentum, all you want to do is carry on and keep winning games. And when an international break comes like that, it, it's not very often that we get such a big break during an international period. And it's probably just lost a bit of momentum. I mean, we've talked about how how well-disciplined Ulster have been in the first few games of the season, and the amount of penalties they give away against Zebra was, was pretty shocking, to be honest. I, I couldn't believe how many silly penalties they were giving away, so I think there'll be plenty to work on in training for the guys, but they'll you know they'll be fighting hard to rectify it against, against Leinster next week. Getting into the game itself, you had the first try very fast. Uh, Amal that led the Tom Stewart getting a wee burrow into the corner and an easy finish try Um, what were your thoughts on the the Amal on the play in that? Yeah it was super it's just everything that Ulster's good at Uh, took the line out really well Um, 
their mole always looked dominant against Zebra. And you could see the Zebra pack was struggling with the strength of Ulster's mole. And Tom Stewart just knew exactly when to break off at the right time and managed to get over in the corner. And he just has no fear. It's just the way he's played all season, really. is absolutely no fear. He doesn't have a problem with breaking off the back of the mole. A lot of players will stick in there and hope that they can get driven over by their players in front. However, he was happy. He knew if he broke off, he, he could find his way to the try line. And for me, at the moment, he's really pushing Raw Pairing for that starting number two jersey. For such a young player, he's been so impressive all season, every time he's played. And he's probably moved his way above John Andrew, definitely into second choice hooker. I mean, what what did you think of the try? I, th- I thought it was I thought it was really, really impressive. Yeah, it, it's more of what we've seen from Tom Stewart sort of throughout the season. Whenever he's played, he's, he's really, really good in them tight situations and being able to break through with strength, not necessarily speed, but knowing where to go. And I think you're right. I think he's, he's definitely got the second place now cemented in because that's a couple of games in a row that he's been playing and he's been really good in it. Um, as for the first, I would still say wee bit of contention. Uh, I think it's it's a real fight. Um, but the try was really good. Uh, I love a forward try that you're really working hard to get into and uh, able to just bash through people. Second try came not too long after. Uh, we Mally Ray, we lovely we slip and slide and through everyone through the line and getting the try. So uh, what were you thinking about about his wee try there? Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Um, I think that's what I was talking about at the start. What I want to see more of Ulster doing, um, rather than always going to the mall. It was some really really brilliant offloading from Callum Reid and the likes of Marty Moore as well. Two props who have been who have been really impressive for Ulster, especially Callum Reid, who's so young. And, yeah, just super offloading and a, and a great finish. Nathan Doak, he got the ball away as well. He, he could have uh, kept it and recycled it. But it was it was just really, really well worked for Ulster. And, yeah, like I say, that's exactly what we want to see more of, some more tries in open play. And it's that's when you start to see Ulster become a team that um, other teams fear and, we really struggle to stop. Couldn't agree with you more. Whenever you're saying about the backs and an open play, it is nice to see them work so well together. And it really was a team goal that you can really. Yes, you say you know Matty Ray unbelievable, but it was just that full flow and everyone working together, which I thought was uh, amazing to see, especially whenever we don't really play out that much and do, repl- re- do rely on the forward so much uh, I think it was lovely try. Yeah and it's one of the criticisms that Stephen Ferris was actually talking about on TV before and after the game and in previous games as well that he also wants to see Ulster play a bit more expansive rugby and it, that that's the thing, it's just about worrying that coming up against bigger teams who might find a way of stopping Ulster's mall, you know how are they? How are Ulster going to cope with that? How are Ulster going to be able to adapt their game plan and find a way to go wide and sort of score those more expansive tries? And you know, fingers crossed, they can start doing that. Towards the latter stages of the half, 
did see Zebrae getting their first try. Um, some would say it's Jacob Stockdale's fault. I know that you have some opinions on that, Lewis. So, uh, who's at fault, really, for the try? Well, the yellow card, I think, definitely didn't help um, Ulster being down to 14 men. It's really hard to defend on your own line. I think Jacob probably just got his positioning a little bit wrong. Um, he ended up having to sort of drift wide and try and try and pounce on the Zebra player and was just unable to. And then it was a really nice dummy from him to fool Stuart Moore and he was able to walk it in quite easily. And, um, you know, Stockdale probably looked back on that a little bit disappointed, but... You know, it's something that's quite easy to fix, easy to rectify. Um, I'm sure he'll be able to... Um, I'm sure he won't get that one wrong again. Yeah, to be fair, uh, lovely hands from Zebra going through. And I think the Duke just got the better Jacob Stockdale. And uh, it's something that can definitely be improved on. I sort of think that he might be still lacking a bit from his injury. And... Um, just not not seeing the best of him really since he's came back in my opinion but moving on from uh the diners to well another diner you had sam carter going in the sim bin but also were able to turn it around and get the next try able to get another try from callum reed with the sim bin activated uh something that you don't usually see whenever you go down the 14 men no, and that's something that Ulster done really well. Um, down to 14 men and they were able to still get a wee try and keep the scoreboard ticking along. And it, again, it was just really good carrying from the forwards. They were right on the 5 metre line for a while and Callum Reid saw his opportunity and dived over. And you know, he'll be happy to get another one. Still a young player trying to come through. He's a, he a lot up against him trying to fit into the team with Andy Warwick, Eric O'Sullivan, Rory Sutherland who's injured at the moment. But, yeah, he'll be really happy with that. And on the half, we've seen Stuart Murr getting a lovely try. A wee fake and slip through the line and able to run through uh, a load of men. They get right to the centre and a uh, lovely try to score on the half. Yeah, the exact try you'd want on halftime, the bonus point score. That's how you know the game's wrapped up. It's game over already. And, yeah, it was a brilliant try. Really nice hands through the backs and out to Stuart Murr, who played a beautiful dummy and a step inside and you know he, he's really putting his hand up to get into that sort of first choice Ulster 15 he has a lot of competition he's obviously filling in at fullback for Mike Laurie at the moment not a fullback by nature he's by nature a 13 or a 12 plays in the center and obviously a lot of competition there with Hume Marshall McCluskey so he's doing all the right things to get into that starting Ulster team and it's going to be really tough with the players coming back from the international break. But, you know, at the minute he's putting his hand up and it's it's hard, really hard for Dan McFarlane to ignore that. Next, we've seen another try from Tom Stewart on the day. Lovely wee line-out, like usual. And going in the, the mall and driving through and straight over the line. Yep, Tom Stewart getting over again, just uh, showing us exactly what we were saying, how impressive he's been this season. I think he got man of the match as well against Munster, possibly. Um, but yeah, another man of the match performance from him uh, on on Friday night. And yeah, just uh, another really impressive try. Another maul, another good line-out take. And yeah, barged over, just does what he does. Once again, it's a lovely 
try that I like to see. I love the forward play, and uh, I think that you can you can see that Tom Stewart really making a mark on this team this season. How he's playing and being able to constantly work the malls and work the lineouts and basically all the forward play that he gets involved in, he's using it well. And I think the the whole forwards uh, are doing their jobs really well whenever it comes to uh, their set pieces like we we're saying it's, it's just something that you expect from Ulster now is the win them all and drive forward just quickly on that as well a shout out to Ian Henderson we'll probably talk about him again later but uh, his first play of the game taking that line out for Tom Stewart's second try so uh, great to see him back as well and you're not going to believe this but Ulster scored another mall try very shortly after from John Andrew who picked up his 17th league try yep and another try for another hooker Tom Stewart comes off the field for a break John Andrew comes on and he scores not long after and yeah it's just exactly what we've been seeing from Ulster I feel like I'm repeating myself but yeah Mull was good line out was good and it all worked really well and to finish off the game you've seen Zebra get a second try unfortunately um forced over the line and in the last minute of play really and they were able to the push through and Ulster didn't really give them much fight. Well I think there was a bit of fight there. They you know, Zebra were up in their half on their line for a while threatening to score and you know everyone sort of stuck around the Kingspan right to the end of the game to see if Ulster would hold out and I think just uh, by the end of the game, Ulster knew they had it won, and you know they were they were happy to not happy to concede, but they were happy to get the game over with and get into the dressing rooms and start their preparation for next week. Unfortunately, during the game, Ulster did see the cards twice in both halves. He had one in the first for Sam Carter, um, intentional block on a Zebra player, um. What were your thoughts on that, Lewis? Yeah, uh, to be honest, I I couldn't. I don't think he could have made it more obvious to the referee that he was trying to bo- block the player. I thought it, I thought it was really really poor from Sam Curry. You'd think a player of his experience would know better than to do that. And um, you know, I think everyone in the stadium saw it coming as soon as the referee started playing advantage. You sort of had a feeling he was he was getting sent to the bin, and you know, a, a lot of people were really unimpressed with it, especially Rory Best. When he was talking, he just said that that is not good enough. You're meant to be one of the leaders in the team and setting the example as a senior player is totally unacceptable. And, you know, it's really hard to agree with that. You know, Sam Carter is one of the NIQ players of Ulster. He's, he's meant to be one of the leaders of the team. He's meant to be one of the best players, setting the example for younger players. And at the minute, he doesn't get anywhere near the first choice Ulster team. He's been, he's been really quite poor since he's joined Ulster. And there's just so many other second rows we have that would overtake him obviously Henderson Kieran Treadwell Alan O'Connor even Cormac is with Chuku at the moment and I just don't feel like he's making the difference to this Ulster team that people would have expected him to when he first joined and you know we sung his praises a few weeks ago in one of the games where he played really really well but apart from that one game we really haven't seen too much from him no he's not living up to the the hype really especially from the I can't remember what game it was that he played really well in but 
uh, we were singing his praises and whenever you have a pack that's so tight and playing really really well week in and week out you need to take these opportunities and you can't be giving away silly uh, silly challenges and getting yellow cards because you know that whenever you go off that's you basically done you're showing that you don't have the discipline and uh, that's what he showed today he doesn't have the discipline to stay with the others in the pack yeah, and it's okay against a team like Zebra when you're a load of points up, and that you know, that's no disrespect to Zebra. Um, it's more just when you're so many points up, you know that you're going to win the game most likely. It it doesn't seem like such a big deal, but when you come up against those bigger teams, the Leinsters, the Monsters, uh, the Stormers, and the European teams as well, that yellow card, that 10 minutes in the bin can cost you really greatly, and it can be the difference between winning and losing the game. So it's, his discipline is really something he needs to work on. I think it was the monster game last time out as well. We discussed how many silly penalties he gave away. So, you know, it's it's not just a one-time occurrence. It's not that he's just had a bad game in terms of his discipline. I think his discipline is really something he needs to he needs to work on. I think in the monster game, most of the penalties given away was for him not rolling away from the rocks and. Um, yeah, fingers crossed that's something he can sort out sooner rather than later. Also had a yellow card in the second half. Uh, Nathan Duke got a yellow card for a tip tackle uh, that the ref seen to be dangerous as it is. Um, this proved to be a bit more of a loss during the game than Nathan Carter. Uh, what were your thoughts on this yellow? I thought it was quite harsh, to be honest. I, I think the Zebra player milled it maybe a wee bit. He, he sort of tucked his head down as soon as Nathan made the tackle. And he, for me, he could have easily landed on his side. He didn't actually need to land on his head. And I don't think Nathan lifted him quite as much above the horizontal as the referee made out to be. I think he was maybe about on the horizontal. And when the Zebra player sort of tucked himself in he was always going to land on his head and you know that's dangerous for himself he, he's going to end up getting himself injured doing that and then you could see straight away after i think steve it was stephen ferris was saying in the commentary afterwards that you know he he was down holding his head and then had his arms out to the referee sort of to say he, he had hurt himself but i thought it was really harsh i don't think the tackle was just as bad as made out to be and hopefully that's not the way the game's going, that, you know, players are going to be sort of milking things and doing things like that, because it's not in the values of rugby at all. And, um, yeah, for me, just, just a really harsh one, but it was a bit of a loss for Ulster. Turning the football, you're saying then? Yeah. We, we girls rolling the bite on the floor. Now let's talk about some of the performances that we've seen for Ulster against Sebre. Um few standouts in the team a uh, few maybe could improve on uh, what were your top picks of the game yeah for me the main players who stood out have to be uh, probably Stuart Murr I thought he was really impressive as we talked about I thought that um, Tom Stewart we've talked about him already some great tries and Ian Henderson of course I have to talk about him because 
he was brilliant on his return, his first game of the season for Ulster or Ireland, and he looked really sharp. He put in, he took some really good lineouts, put in some really good work in the in the uh, rocks and stuff. I th- I thought he was really good, and it's really really important that Ulster have him back. He's obviously the club captain, and he'll be really important coming into this big batch of games against the likes of Leinster and then onto the European games. So they would be probably the players I was most impressed with. I also thought that Marty Murr, Callum Reid, the two props, I thought played really well, showed, showed some really good offloads, scrummaged pretty well, and again were pivotal in the in the malls. Luke Marshall as well, another solid game, just again staking his claim to be Ulster starting 13 over James Hume, and at the moment for me he's doing that, he definitely is the starting 13. Um, in terms of who was poor, We've already talked about Sam Carter having a poor game, and I think Stockdale would have hoped to have a bit more of an impression on the game. I think he just he didn't really show a lot. We don't really know how match fit he is. You know, there wasn't a lot of space for him. He didn't show a lot of running rugby, and obviously the missed tackle as well. So probably for him, a game that he'll want to improve on. For me, much of the same. Uh, I really, really like the the front row this week I thought that everyone who participated in it uh, done really really well uh, especially Murr and Stuart they would be my two standouts in it and in the the forwards um, I'd probably give Stuart my man of the match uh, I think that he was essential to the win and being able to get the ball and get over the line I think with without him you wouldn't have seen as much of a dominant play this week um, at least to get that fit into the door and then uh, carried on whenever he went off as for the backs much of the same I think that allowing them to pass out the back a wee bit more um, definitely uh, helped them and it sort of lets you see what a lot of them are more capable of and like I said before I think Stockdale not necessarily having the best of games I think it's probably down to a bit of a lack of fitness maybe and uh, potentially getting rushed in but I won't hold it against them yet anyway um, I'll, I'll still give give him uh, another couple of weeks and see how he's doing whenever he's back the full strength and uh, full sharpness. We did also get to see a very special uh, debut. Jake Flannery starting at number 10. Uh, played most of the match. Um, what were your thoughts on his debut? Yeah, I thought he was okay. Um, I think Ulster fans were really excited to see what he could bring. He did bring the the ball to the line really, really well. Some of his late passes were key in Ulster's tries and Ulster's attack play. Um, improving, I think, his kicking was quite poor on the night. It, it is obviously his first appearance for Ulster. It's going to take him a while to gel with the team. Overall, probably a solid performance. And, you know, he'll, he'll get plenty of opportunities in the future playing it out half for Ulster. And, you know, I'm sure he'll improve on that. And Ulster fans are really quite excited to see what he can do. Time to get into the other games around the grounds in the ERC. Starting up 
we did have the Stormers against Scarlets, which ended 36-19 to the Stormers at home in Cape Town. Once again, it's a defeat for Scarlets. Um, they're on miserable form. Uh, this is their sixth defeat of the season so far, and we're only eight games in, uh, which is a bit frightening for them, I must say. It can't take away from the Stormers, however. They've done a really good job. And similar to Ulster, I think that they did have a fair amount of people uh, away in the internationals. Uh, and I think that you can sort of see it affecting the score. It should have been an easy sweep, but uh, towards the end, you could tell the fitness was a wee bit down. And the Scarlets just couldn't get capitalize on that and get into the game and I think that that's what we've seen uh, across the whole season so far from them Bennett and Edinburgh You also had Benetton versus Edinburgh, which ended 24 17. The Benetton, bit of a closer match this time. Um, you did see Benetton getting a red card for a silly challenge um just a bit straight to the face whenever he's jumping for the ball and it's not something you want to see but uh everyone was okay in the end which is uh really good to see um Bennett and continuing this surprising form yes they are a bit in a night but considering where they have been uh this is a really really good season for them and I think that they can only build um, on the other hand you have Edinburgh who seem to be doing okay uh, and have just dropped off again uh, there's a couple of games where they were outperforming maybe not getting results but outperforming what you would think they would do um, you could probably chalk this game on the same line uh, really really close game but the Edinburgh just don't have that extra gear. I think the the try and push them, especially whenever Bennett only had fourteen men. I think that it's a bit crazy that Edinburgh can capitalize on it. Next up, we had the Bulls versus the Ospreys, which finished forty three twenty six in favor of the Bulls. To be honest, I think the Ospreys will be pretty happy to get a losing bonus point, and. I couldn't believe the commentator actually. He sounded so disappointed every time the Ospreys scored. It was like such excitement every time the Bulls scored. And when the Ospreys scored it was like, oh, it's a try for the Ospreys. And uh, yeah, I thought that was quite funny. But um, the 29 missed tackles from the Ospreys I think really cost them to be honest. And yeah, you know, they've showed a little bit of promise this year. But they're definitely not where they want to be. And probably one of the more expected results of the week. I, I think 
most people would have expected the Bulls to beat the Ospreys. And of course they got that bonus point as well. Next up we also had Munster versus Connacht which finished 24 points to 17. Um, I thought that for Connacht's try it was quite a poor pass from Haley for the intercept. Um, he probably should have seen that one coming. But Connacht were right in the game, the game up until the yellow card. Um, after that you know Munster uh, sort of took off with a couple of tries. Um, they did have a late Kieran Marmion try to give them a little bit of hope, but it was it was probably just too little, too late at that point. And you know they'll probably be happy with the losing bonus point away to Munster because it's a tough place to go. Um, but you know Munster will be happy to take the reins because they've had a really really tough start of the season. We then moved on to Lions versus Dragons. The Lions just getting over the line. And beating the Dragons 33-25. With an outstanding display from Hendrickski. However you say his name. He finished with 21 points. Uh, which is very good in, in what was such a tight game. And uh, probably probably the reason why the Lions were able to pip the Dragons uh, at the post. It uh, definitely wasn't down the a lack of effort from the dragons uh, who stayed in the game for the vast majority uh, there was yellow card which seemed to step them up a wee bit um, and that sort of gave lions then that gap and I don't think that they were able to just come back as strong And uh, however really really good game and uh, definitely some steps up uh, that the Dragons are doing and hopefully it continues for them and then the one that shocked the world Cardiff beat the Sharks 35 nothing. whenever the Sharks are at home which is crazy you know you can put down uh, some hard performances uh, down to the international break and not having your dedicated first team but come on how are you not even getting a point on the board and you've seen the frustration from the club because the Sharks have sacked their manager which is a massive move for them I think probably a wee bit uh, premature uh, you know you have one bad game you, and you still have two games in hand why are you sacking your manager for that However, fair play the Cardiff. Uh, really, really good for them. and uh, Gives them a necessary win. They get further up the table and take points off of one of the big boys. Um, and the make it a bonus point win is even better for them. So, fair play the Cardiff. And to finish us off, we had Leinster beating the Glasgow Warriors. 40 the five another dominant display by Leinster uh, cementing them at the top of the table for another while a uh, lot of tries a lot of talking points uh, especially for a uh, big test against Ulster next week what did you think about uh, the Leinster match yeah I just I just think Leinster showed their dominance as usual they were 21-0 up at half time 
at that point the game's already over, Glasgow don't really have a chance. Um, you know, Leinster just played a lot of expan expansive, exciting rugby and you know that that's something that'll probably worry Ulster a little bit going into next week. They were obviously a course without ninety nine percent of their internationals as well, so you know, you'll probably see all of them coming back in. Well, at least most of them coming back in for the Ulster game next week. So, um, yeah, just mightily impressive from Leinster and really, really disappointing from Glasgow, who are also, to be fair, missing a number of internationals who were um, away on Scotland duty. They were obviously playing again this week. So, um, you know, not too worrying for Glasgow in the, in the sense that they have lots of players to come back, but definitely a worrying result to lose by by that much yep uh talking about leinster uh there's definitely a few danger men that look out for uh as long as they do get the the play next week um you definitely have to look out for rob russell he got a hat trick in that match from the wing and just completely dominated his side of the pitch um halfbacks as well were just getting the ball out and whenever you see Ulster are relying on the forwards it's going to be a massive deal for the backs to be able to play their part next week and rush in basically and stop them passes and getting it out wide and uh, for Ulster to really take it to Leinster they're going to have to really sharpen up I think because after a performance like that Whenever you don't have a lot of your first team, uh, it's very good. Yes, it's a it's, it's a weakened side in the Warriors, and uh, they aren't really on that top level. Uh, it's still gonna build massive confidence, even if it is for bench players, because undoubtedly they will come on, and. I'm just hoping that they don't cause too much problems for Ulster. Yeah, and the good thing from an Ulster perspective is that we're very likely to see most of the fringe players come back in. Um, you'll probably have all of your Irish internationals back. You'll see John Cooney and Billy Burns coming back in. Alan O'Connor probably in to partner Henderson starting. So probably you'll see a lot of changes for Ulster, which will help. And Ulster will want to get one back over on Leinster after they got done at home uh, a few weeks ago. Um, we obviously done the double over them last season, so Leinster will be looking to hit back and do the double over Ulster this season. So the RDS has always been a really tough place to travel for Ulster up until last season, so it's probably going to be one of the toughest games of the season. But it's a good way to go into the uh, European games coming up in the following weeks because you know that's that's as tough a test as you're going to get in the league. And it's going to be a really exciting game. I'm quite excited for it, Jamie. So, just to finish off, um, it's going to be a hard game for Ulster. But, hopefully one that we can win. Uh, my score prediction, I'll give you it first. I'm going to go for a very tight game. Uh, and not a lot of tries, in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to go for a 10-13 to Ulster. I think that it's literally going to come down the penalty because both sides are going to go full chaos mode. I think they're really just going to drive into each other because ultimately this is 
I know that we are still quite early in, um, but this is potentially a title winning game for both sides whenever you look at the table. They're the only two really sticking with each other. So hopefully Ulster will tip them to the post. Yeah, for me I'm going to be a little bit more negative unfortunately. I'm going to go with a 26-20 win for Leinster. I just feel like at the moment they're showing their class and with all of their internationals back, you know, you're going to see the likes of Gary Ringrose, Tag Furlong. Um, and like I say, with Ulster just being so reliant on that mall, Leinster are one of them teams who know how to stop a mall. And I just think Leinster might have too much in the RDS, which is a really tough place for any team to go. So I'm going to go for a tight Leinster win. And in other news, we are looking a new co-host um, <laughs> after that prediction. So hit us up. Um, uh, I, I, I get where you're coming from. I mean, we didn't play our best last time out. And, you know, people are going to be coming back tired and and not actually having the game time together, I think, could potentially shake us. Um, but I am staying positive. I think it'll be tight, but we'll win. Yeah, I have to say, I hope I'm wrong. I would love to see Ulster get a second win in a row down at the RDS. Um, I, I just have a feeling that, that this week may not be the one. Ulster are playing some really, really good rugby, and they have done in the early part of the season. I think having those big players back is going to be really key, and they're going to have to be on the top of their game. They're all going to have to perform really, really well. Hopefully we'll see the likes of Rob Balakin back from injury as well. I know he had a slight injury after the Ireland tour so fingers crossed but um, you know we'll see what happens on Saturday yes we will we'll see on Saturday what happens so that's gonna be us for this week of Ravenhill Roundup hopefully you enjoyed uh, it's great to be back after the break and we look forward to the weekly episodes back for uh, another wee bit uh, good to see that we'll have some European matches coming up which will be fun to, to look into and uh, see how Ulster are progressing in them alongside the league so I will say thank you very much for joining us remember we are on Spotify, SoundCloud Amazon Music and give us a wee follow over on the Instagram uh, we post team news and updates on the podcast basically daily uh, if not you know we'll, we'll get around to it we do have lives not just this so bear with us uh, sometimes we are a bit slow but we are really enjoying it and hope that you're enjoying it too so thank you very much and we will see you next week